Dudes in a Mic, episode zero zero quattro. <laughs> Mixing it up. Zero zero. Mixing four. it up. Zero zero four. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Glad you were able to join us today for another wonderful time with Rob and Mitchell on a beautiful Sunday. Yes, it's not raining. It's not raining. I, I think in the next seven days, there's a slight chance of rain next Thursday. I'm like, I'm outside going, okay, do I put the cushions away? <laughs> can Or can I get another week? Oh, man. Another week right now of sunshine after losing weeks of it with all the smoke and everything this past September is just gold. Oh, I know. I and felt deprived. Yeah, seriously. And in a season where we... Uh, don't have any high school football on Friday nights. It's definitely helpful. I know everything about the fall is weird. You know, yeah. This time of year, the you know the leaves are turning color, and you know it's getting. To, we're starting to see a little bit more rain, clouds. But what do you have? You have Friday night football. Mm-hmm. You know who cares? You put on the raincoat, you put on the gloves, and yep. and you go. You know, get some kettle corn and a bottle of water, and and watch Tiger. The Tiger Tigers crush. <laughs> oh, man, this was another season for them to crush, too. Oh, I know. Uh, Coach with, Kemper. Man, get some redemption in his blood this year. Yeah, so we're going to get him on a podcast. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, hey, I want to start off um, with more of a, a an idea, um, less of a quote this week. Uh, again, we're mixing it up on zero zero quattro. Um, but this week I've had a, a fair amount of meetings with people and... Just hearing their stories, hear their journeys with with the Lord and life, and kind of the struggles that they've been through, and and kind of like last week when we talked about addiction um, as well, and uh, this idea, this concept that's that my hindsight can be somebody else's foresight. Yes. And as I look back over my life and I evaluate the decisions that I have made, whether they're good or bad, again, hindsight is typically twenty twenty, maybe not all the time, but usually 2020 and um, being able then to take that experience that we've been through through the decisions that we've made and evaluate experiences is where we begin to learn lessons and as we're in relationship with people that are open to um, somebody speaking into their life and unsolicited advice is never welcomed but people that are willing to to take some advice or are looking to learn or wanting thoughts and ideas and we're able to then share from our experiences and our hindsight can be their foresight one example to that is sitting with a college uh, age guy this week and and sharing about journeys with the lord and and journeys in in decision making around dating and um uh, relationships with with ladies for him and just sharing some of my personal story of of choosing to have sex before marriage uh, with multiple different women and then uh, hiding that from my wife and not being fully transparent in that arena um, was not a great decision. Right. <laughs> it just was not good <laughs> across the board. Right. And uh, and and so speaking from experience, say, hey man, I would have done it differently. Uh, I would not have. I would have chosen to 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 keep my sexual purity uh, for my bride now, and and I would have chosen to be. Uh, fully transparent with her, not partially transparent with her about how many women that I had slept with right. and, and sharing with him that, you know, some of the, the, the journey of rebuilding trust with my wife after choosing to lie <laughs> and hide things. Uh, and so 
that is not just an example of my hindsight being maybe his foresight as he looks ahead in his life. And so um, it brings power to um, going through difficult things, especially as leaders. Mm-hmm. As we go through challenging things, we're able to say, man, this is hard, but but how can I learn from this? And and also, how can then somebody else learn from this? And how can I potentially um, learn from this opportunity so that somebody else maybe doesn't have to learn from the same exact situation um, because they didn't put themselves in that situation yeah. to begin with? How was it received? Really well. Um, great question. That's a great question. Really well um, by him and uh, and even just talking with some guys and men that are older than me uh, and and listening to their hindsight I'm like man that's good foresight for me as they have you know have kids or um, grandkids and those layers and decisions they've made in their lives around purchasing homes and um, just different pieces and allowing their hindsight to become my foresight right. uh, and if we're if we're humble enough we can learn from anybody right uh, and so that is really uh, just the concept and idea that's been kind of prevalent uh, this week for me yeah. in my week-to-week things I mean, that's great that you're doing that because when you start to have a family and you have kids, being able to have that same mentality and to be able to breathe that, um, those words into your children's minds, you know, Mm -hmm. that's probably one of the things I think I talked about it in a previous episode, but it's something that I'm doing better with is opening up about my past Mm -hmm. because I've always had this fear if they knew some of the things that I did that it might give them an idea to do it (laughs) um, versus just being humble and vulnerable and walking them through the lessons that I learned and uh, if I could go back in time how I would have done it different totally but I had nobody speaking into me I had nobody to you know nobody did what you did this week Mm -hmm. I mean that would have been amazing to have somebody who had more life experience to sit me down and just talk to me not not I mean you weren't lecturing you were just Mm -hmm. you were it was all I statements Yep. This is like, this is my life. Yep. This is what I did. And take with it what you want to take. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's a, just a, a key marker in for me growing up in my story of my father leaving in middle school. And, and there, was, there was a handful of men that spoke into my life. Um, and so from a young age, I experienced the, the power of having multiple voices speak into my life. And, and that that planted a seed in me to be that for others. Yes. Um, which again, not, not everyone. And, and, and maybe this is one of those moments where we begin to challenge people and challenge people's mindset of like, what good is your experiences if you don't share them with people? Exactly. What good is it? And not everyone's going to listen. Yeah, absolutely. But find the, find the ones that are hungry. They're Mm -hmm. out there. Find the people that want to know, I think of a handful of middle school guys that sat in your backyard this summer at FCA that are hungry to have some foresight, to have other men speak into their lives. They're out there and you're never too old and you're never too young to share your experiences with people. Right. I know. I agree. That's, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to provide that. And, and we, and we have met some young men and some young Mm -hmm. women that are, you know, they are hungry for that. And, you know, sadly, you know, a lot of the kids, they live for the moment. Mm-hmm. They're focused on, they're not even thinking about two days from now. They're solely thinking <laughs> about maybe the next two hours. Yes. Um, but then you have those other young, you know, teenagers that are definitely 
hungry for more. And yeah. And the other thing too is uh, it's it's interesting when you try to speak into your children and or giving them wisdom and it's not really well received or heard. But when somebody else does it, they hear and they and they process completely. Mm-hmm. And you know we we've, we've seen that as well. And you know that's the thing as a Christian community for it takes a village to raise a family totally and it's uh, something that we all should be doing for each other and you don't see as much anymore yeah I, as you were sharing it was I was reminded um, of a of a verse um, that I am pulling up currently because my thumbs aren't working fast enough to navigate my cellular device uh, gotta love electronic Bibles um, as you can pull out the sword. You just gotta ask Siri. Got it. Oh man, I don't trust Siri. I just don't trust her. I don't know what it is. I, I just struggle. Um, um, yeah, so this is First Corinthians 2 6 um, in the NLT version. Yet, when I am around mature believers, I do not speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world. Sorry, I apologize. Yet, when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world whom are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. And in there, he, he speaks to when I am among mature believers. Uh, and I think maturity is not an age. Maturity is a mindset. Right. And around maturity, deep draws to deep. Deep calls to deep. And around mature people, again, mindset, not age. Wisdom can be passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul speaks speaks this into a church that was very young and didn't quite understand um, what it looked like to live a life uh, on purpose for a purpose on mission for Christ and in a town um, Corinth was a was a town of um, Roman soldiers retired there basically it was a retirement community right. a lot of wealth uh, a lot of prestige a lot of pride and a lot of power and Paul is speaking about wisdom, not of this world, which most of them had much of, but talking about wisdom of the mystery of God himself. Wow. Anyways. I love it. Went a little pastor on you there. Speaking of kids, Rob, I think a significant milestone happened in your household this week with one yes. of your children. Um, Trace uh, went into the... Well, he's... I think... So right now the DMV is pretty much closed. You have to... <laughs> I mean, close to walking in and taking a number and waiting three hours. Which is, I will say, I would rather do it the way they have it now. I, I'm not disagreeing. Um, it's not a bad gig. And you can now do a lot of things online that you couldn't do before. Correct. So COVID forced them to change how they do business. But no, Trace scheduled um, an appointment to take his permit a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And it was yesterday at 2.30 down in woodburn of all places Jeez. that was the first opening he could find it was like two months out wow but um sadly i couldn't be there which i was trying to move heaven and earth to be there but i couldn't so becky had to take him but 
He passed. You mean he didn't drive himself to his permit test? No, he did not. <laughs> and, and and he didn't drive himself home. <laughs> so a couple I, couple miles on I five right out of the gate. I know. I it didn't actually. It didn't. None of it really hit me till last night. But when I actually, you know, when he showed me the picture and mm-hmm. you know he has a permit, he can drive now, and it's like that's my little trace and. <laughs> It just this is the second time I'm going around doing this. Um, first was Tyler, now Trace, yeah. but it's uh, it's surreal, and I'm so proud of him and excited for him because you know I think I, if I if I remember correctly, I think I failed my permit test the first two times, <laughs> and so yes. and I, I hit it on the third one. There you go, third time's the charm, baby. How did you do? Uh, far less better than you. Oh, you far, did. I yeah. Um, it's a sore spot. Uh, thankfully, my mom has a lot of grace. So my, so again, my parents split up when I was in middle school, and I had zero desire to get my permit. I lived right behind the school that I spent most of my time at, whether it was at school or at practice. Um, and so I was like, why the heck would I want to? Like, my mom drives me everywhere. Why would I want to drive? I just didn't. Uh, it was an unhealthy um, challenge within me right. uh, to try and buck the system. Uh, and I, I didn't have a car. I just had no motivation. Yeah. Um, and my mom, you know, I read the book and do the practice test and do fine. And, you know, I love cars. I grew up loving cars. And um, it wasn't until my, so I, tr- okay, so I, I took my permit test uh, a total of five times. Five? So five tries. You, to you get passed it. it on the fifth I time? I passed it on the fifth time um, by, I got a hundred percent. Oh wow! Uh, and and this is the reason why. Again, motivation is key. This really, I had no motivation because I'm like, well, I I don't even I don't have a car, so why would I want to get my license? Which means why would I want to get my permit? Right. So my my parents bribed me with a car, and they 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 said, hey, if you get your permit, we will buy you a car when you get your license. That was just they were basically just saying we're tired of driving you around. Yeah, again. the mom bus was was done she was over it she was retiring (laughs) she she's like i want my car and i want i and so they actually so i got my permit when i was 17. oh wow what i don't even know what that i think at 18 you don't you don't even have to have a permit you just go get your license license. so i got my permit at 17. so typically you get your permit at 15 and you have it for a year and then you take your driver's test at 16. so i um my parents said, we'll buy you a car if you get your permit. And so I, I went in and got my permit. Oh, is that when you got 100%? That was when I got 100%. Motivation is key. Wow. I need a carrot. Got to dangle it. And sometimes the carrot turns into a donut or a yummy latte. Right. Which is another layer we could talk about today, potentially. But anyways, so they they, they motivated me with car. And so I went got 100% of my test, crushed it, and walked out of there with a permit. And then my parents went and uh, they bought me a car. And so I actually learned to drive uh, in the car that I was that was for me, um, which I was thankful for because uh, it was a it was a it's a five speed manual transmission car, which was kind of fun and picking it out and being in high school, I thought it was hot stuff driving a Ford Focus that was a five speed, big deal. Five speed Ford Focus. Yeah, I'm just two door coupe. It's I'm sitting in your driveway right Google now. Actually, that picture. It's in your driveway. It's right there. I'm still oh. driving it. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a great car. That I love it. Look like a Ford Focus. It's a I Ford guess they changed. A it's lot. a little go karty. I call it my go kart because um, it's tiny 
and I'm a large human. Uh, but <clears throat> anyways, and so I had my permit for six months because that was that you only had to have it for six months before you could take your license test once you turn 16. So I had my permit for six months, learned how to drive, got my driver's license first try, and uh, the rest is history. But it took me five tries. Wow. So I'm proud of Trace as well. Uh, nailing it on his first try, getting an 80, almost 90% or whatever he was saying um, on his test. So way to go, Trace. No. Good I'm, job. <laughs> wow. I know. it's it's Things have changed a lot since I went to get my permit. I mean, when I got my permit, there was no like hours or anything. It was you get your permit at 15, and then at 16, you take your test and you yeah. drive. And, but one thing I missed out on that I was I didn't realize till years later, and I'm probably still a little bit bitter about is <laughs> in Oregon if you have a family member that's disabled um, you can get your driver's license at 15 oh. to help yeah and um, and I could because my older brother was handicapped and disabled and so I could have got my driver's license at 15 and I, and I was deprived <laughs> you were yeah you were deprived uh, another story so my, my sister lives in Nebraska Um. And that's a whole story and how she got there. But she lives in a town of a thousand. Small little farming community. 80% of the people that live there farm uh, corn. You know, what else? I don't know if there's a whole lot else in Nebraska to farm. And um, there you can actually get your license at 14 years old if you live on a farm. And you can drive to like a handful of places. Which like to school, to work if you're working, um, or to like pick up your siblings from somewhere right? just because it's farm country, yep. not a whole lot going on. And I'm like, that is so unfair. It is 14. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, can you even reach the pedals at 14? Like right. my goodness. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, I think Nebraska, the entire state is like living on a farm. Yeah. It's, so there's not a whole lot going on. It, it makes sense. It's a beautiful part of the country though. Yeah. So it's, I'm just, I'm doing that transition right now because I remember when my first Tyler, he got his, um, there was a, sad to say, but I had a lot of anxiety yeah. with Tyler because um, I think it's because he and I are very similar. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I basically just threw up the white flag within a couple of weeks of him getting his permit and just said, Becky, I can't do it. And, you know, I, I would be so stressed out in the car mm -hmm. with him. And I didn't have the patience. And I think my tone didn't help. I think my tone stressed him out. And so he's getting anxiety and he's driving. And so it was the perfect storm for something bad. <laughs> and so I bowed out and Becky um, stepped up and loved it. And um, and she's excited about Trace. And, and I, I'm not getting that with Trace. I'm still just in shock that he is going to be putting his foot on a gas pedal. Yeah. I can't put my arms around that, but I don't have anxiety. So I'm actually excited about today. I'm going to surprise him and, and say, throw him the keys to the Tahoe and say, hey, let's go. Love it. Let's go for a little ride. I love it. And the beautiful thing about COVID is there are lots of empty parking lots to go practice in. There are. There, <laughs> there, there are, are lots. Lots of empty places to go try it out. That was the only place my mom would let me learn to drive was in the Costco parking lot until I proved myself worthy. Well, the, the, it's just trying to teach them the responsibility. I mean, so many things have changed. It's so expensive right now to, to put a teenager yeah, on, your, on your insurance policy. It's anywhere from 200 to 250 bucks a month. That's a lot of money. 
that's a lot of money <laughs> for mean, a potential something might go wrong. I know. Possibly. Know, Becky and I, the two of us combined, it's 70 bucks a month. Okay, now I'm a little jealous being a 26-year-old male because it's definitely not 26 months. Because you're high risk. I, well, you're you so... would think at 26 that maybe they would think I'm okay. I know. Anyways. When you're 30, yeah. married and 30, and you have one child, then you're in the, the honey bucket. Yeah. You're, you're like, like pure profit. Those peeps must company. be driving safe. They have children. Yeah. But I, I remember you know one of the things, I don't know why, but when Tyler was a, um, in high school at Tigard, for some reason, this the seniors really started this thing. It was like a senior thing, sometimes juniors. But they, when school ended, um, they loved tearing out of the drive, out of the parking lot. Oh, really? I mean, it, it was like a NASCAR. I, I don't know how kids didn't get in trouble or, or gotten wrecks. Honestly. Seriously, but um, it was just something that they always did. And so, if they had a high school function somewhere, it didn't mm-hmm. matter if it was at a bowling alley for a. Um, football the kids all tore out when it was over but um, they did one you know one of the things coach Rook would do with every football team is he would have volunteer activities mm-hmm. and he would take the whole football team I mean amazing stuff and they would work for like eight hours straight so just picture Let's go coach Rook yeah 50 60 football players you know cutting paths in a forest to help you know people who want to walk and hike through forests and tigered. But um, one of the, there's one Saturday, I think it was Tyler's sophomore year. He, they did something at a business park. I can't remember what the volunteer activity was, but there was probably about 15 cars there. And some of them, you know, um, carpooled, but Tyler drove and he drove a couple of the football players, but everybody's tearing out. And Tyler uh, was backing up and he like nicked, a car <laughs> it went, and it was one of his buddies that plays on the team and so you're, you're this is unbelievable it's, even to this day um i doubt that this this kid's parents are listening to this so i'm not worried but they his senior year and if you are grace and forgiveness please yes yes um he, he, the kid turns 18 and they hand him keys to a brand new fifty thousand dollar charger i mean do you know what the horsepower is in underneath that hood, you do that. If you run that equation out, there isn't a whole lot of great options on the other side of the equal no. sign. Personal it's insane opinion. horsepower. It's a sports car. Oh yeah, a Dodge Charger in the hands of an eighteen-year-old. So well, basically, he, Tyler is backing up, and he like nicks the front fender, and I kid you not, it was, it was not. It was like it was probably a one-inch scratch. It wasn't cracked. It was, I mean, it was, it did take a little of the paint out and it was about an inch. Mm-hmm. And basically I didn't know anything about this because Tyler didn't tell me. And it was because the kid said, oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. Well, yeah. of course the mom or the dad noticed it one day. And so two weeks later I get a call from the mom and she, and I don't know them. And she says, Hey, listen, your son hit um, my son's brand new car. And, uh, and that's when she told me it was, you know, we just bought him this charger. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you bought your 18 year old son a brand new charger. And I was okay. Well, she's like, I need your insurance information. And I'm like, well, can you send me pictures of what this, I, what's this damage look like? 
And she sends me a picture, and I'm like, I can't see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so she sends me pictures, you know, magnified, and there's this little tiny scratch, and she's got she's pointing at it with her finger. And I said, well, I'm not churning that into my insurance company. And so she took it to um, Auto Body mm-hmm. place. Nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. Jeez. Nine hundred and seventy-five. They, they said we're gonna have to take the bumper off and strip the paint and sand it, prime it, and repaint it to match. Nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. And I'm like, the lady was adamant. Like she, I, I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And so I had a, I had to write a check for nine hundred and seventy-five dollars. So that's my um. Teenage Nick story. And more to come. No, No, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to speak that into existence. Trace is a very meticulous and cautious teenager. Trace is going to create road rage behind him. Because Trace, (laughs) he'll be going 34 in a 35. (laughs) And he'll be going 54 in a 55. And he'll be in the right lane on I-5. You know, and um, he's he's uh, he's completely the opposite of Tyler. Trace is a processor mm-hmm. and an analyzer. Yes. And Tyler was impulsive and reactionary. Like, oh, look, there's a gap. I can fit in that. Poof. <laughs> oh, man, did you feel that bump? I didn't. Yeah, I'll, another podcast, I'll tell you, I'll have to tell you the story about Tyler's first car and how it went to car heaven yeah it's, it's no longer with us to this it, day nope and why that's not trace's car that he could potentially drive yes uh well Rob, i want to ask you a question uh, and this is coming out of left field and i like it because we think quick on our feet and it's kind of kind of the guys we want to be what does it mean to be fully alive to you oh what is so to me you know I think this morning's a great example. You know, I I woke up and it starts off with just sitting there watching my wife sleep. And to me, uh, being fully alive is just like having this family, a healthy family, and, you know, just seeing the blessings in my life and, um, you know, the, the relationship that I seek each and every day with our Father in Heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what pumps that blood through my system Mm -hmm. that that gives me that energy that octane to get through is Mm -hmm. i focus on the blessings Mm -hmm. and that's what makes me alive there's a lot there hello wow that was squirrel that was left field that That was was not that was good content rob was not expecting it man i love how you talked about um i hear simplicity and everything from the beginning of it all, like family, peace and quiet. I think there is something powerful. I, I get up before Lauren every morning and make her coffee. And I think there's, there's a beautifulness in that, like peace and quiet space in the morning time. So it's just like me and our 650 square foot apartment. But that, you know, that's a different story. Um, but I also love how you said like you're an opportunity. You focus on the blessing. Right. What we focus on gets bigger. It always enlarges. And when we focus on things that are negative and garbage, which there's so much of it in our world, it's so easy to focus on the negative. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when we focus on 
whatever we focus on gets bigger. Yeah, what what happens? Oh, in my humble opinion, is it's there's things in life that can create static that can prevent the feeling of alive, mm-hmm. or you know, and and you at the moment you might think it's a it's a blessing, but it's really creating static. Mm-hmm. It's preventing you feeling alive, and it, and and for some people it's materialistic things and right. And I'm never going to sit here and say that wasn't me because that used to be us. And, you know, when, but what I found is that when you have a vacation home and if you have a camper, you have all these things that have to be taken care of Mm -hmm. and then they take priority. And then, you know, it's less time with the people that you love because you have to do this and you have to do that. And, um, and we made a, well, it wasn't, uh, a conscious effort on our part but for another podcast I'll share our story but um, in 2007 for the most part Becky and I went through a situation where my company folded and we lost everything mm-hmm. and it was the most humbling um, experience of my life and I have no regrets in regards to what we went through because it changed who I was it stripped me of pride and I'm, you know, I'm way more vulnerable mm-hmm. than I was ever before. And so um, I definitely can say that there's a lot of things that can create static. Yeah. That can create white noise, white noise that puts a wall in front of feeling alive. Oh, totally. And it, it's noise and static that keeps us from hearing, seeing, experiencing the things that we need to or that we want to. Or that we should, just like you talked about having the camper and the vacation home and the motorcycle and the this and the that. Not only do we, uh, again, this is my opinion, do we have to look at how much does it cost monetarily, dollar bills and ongoing, you know, insurance, upkeep, all that kind of stuff. You know, those are definitely factors. But I think a factor that we miss out on often is how much time is it going to cost me? Because not only if I buy the motorcycle, well, then I got to use the motorcycle. Right. And there's an obligation. There's a weight to use it, which takes up time. Or the vacation. I'm like, oh, gosh, we got to use this vacation. We got to make it worth our money. Got to get our money's worth. Well, it takes it's time right, to make that happen. And, and I think that that's a huge, um, that's a factor that's missed out on. And I think that even when it's thought of, it's not fully thought because at the end of the day if we think about it we can always make more money right we can't get our time back we can't we can't get that back and i feel like that's a a a hotter commodity so to speak a more valuable resource than just dollar bills right but i love how you talk about what you focus on focusing on the blessing yeah it's it's balanced too Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having Absolutely some things not. if there's balance. But I mean, I have, I'm friends with people that are all consumed with, you know, the things in their lives and they, there's no balance. And so that's when it affects your day or your life like that, it's, it's mm-hmm. you're right. It's, you can't get time back. And, Mm-mm. you know, I definitely like, I have um, a 19, you know, what is Pepe, 1990 Jeep <laughs> Wrangler that 
when I bought her, it was the it was a heap of garbage. I mean, it was a rust pit shell mm-hmm. of a Jeep Wrangler, and I found so much joy and peace working on her and yeah. cleaning up, cleaning the rust and replacing parts and getting her, you know, and well, it's been two and a half years. I'm still working on her and not as much as I used to, but I have to find you got, you got lawnmowers to work on now. Yeah. Now I've got that <laughs> crankcase, but it's finding a balance, you know, and there were moments that um, Pepe was disrupting the balance because Becky mm. yeah. would be, you know there's moments she she she'd find that she's looking for me she can't find me yeah those because I was in the hood under Pepe replacing you know an, an oil sensor or something yeah Rob let me ask you this question um, as you have lived and experienced life would you say life is more about boundaries or balance Did you talk to my wife before this podcast? No, I did not um, talk to your wife. <laughs> I, in my, again, humble opinion, I would say it's a little of both. Okay. I, I would talk ab- to me. I would absolutely say that it's very important to, to draw boundaries. Now, when I think of boundaries, I think about a couple things. One is work. You know, when we're spending 40% of our, of our life, of our time at work, it has to be a right balance. And so um, it's very easy for people to allow their jobs or what they do for a living to define them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by boundaries is if you're in a, a role or you're in a job where your job in your heart defines you, mm-hmm. you need a heart check. And I know what that's like because I've been there before. Yeah. You speak um, from experience. Yes. All we can do. Yes. Um and, and then, you know, other things in regards to boundaries is relationships because there are unhealthy relationships. Just because we're Christians and we're supposed to love our neighbor, you know, sometimes it's okay to walk away from an unhealthy relationship mm-hmm. because it is, you know, at some point it, it has to be a little bit of a two-way relationship. Oh, yeah. Relationships are like a bridge, right? You can only build your half of the bridge. Yes, and you, you know, in in relationships, you have to have both eyes open because sometimes people will manipulate and mm-hmm. they'll take advantage of a relationship, and so you have and to have awareness. To, and what good is gaining a relationship if you lose yourself in it? Exactly. So yeah. So definitely, I there's a balance, or a little of both, in regards to balance and boundaries. Yeah, I uh, and the reason I ask. As you brought it up, I was just thinking of my my personal journey and like again, how can Rob's hindsight be my foresight in a way? Um, as I have, I have battled because I've always talked about boundaries. There's a great book um, called Boundaries for Leaders by Dr. Henry Cloud. Great yes. book, uh, free endorsement, Dr. Cloud. I appreciate you in all of your writings, um, and as I've begin to try and apply that this idea of boundaries more and more and more in my life I've gotten actually more and more frustrated and specifically around work more so working in ministry um, I describe ministry as, as uh, bottomless relentless and endless 
And there's always more that can be done. It's ongoing. It's relentless. And it's really stinking messy because people are messy. I'm a messy guy. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've all I've just become I've become frustrated now. Boundaries in relationships, absolutely. Like there is boundaries that I have with my father. And as we rebuild our relationship, that's been estranged for eleven years now. Um, there's there's boundaries in that, absolutely. But mainly in my place of work, or even in um, doing things that I love to do that my wife doesn't necessarily love to do, um, I, I've wanted to draw hard lines. And I feel like every time, like, okay, I'm not working after 4.30 on Friday afternoons. And 4.45 rolls around and I'm still on my email. I'm like, dang it. Like, I crossed my boundary. Crap. Like, I need to, I, I gotta, I, you know, well, and it keeps happening that I gotta move my boundary. And I kept getting frustrated within myself and at myself. No one, no one's fault, but just me. And I had a very wise mentor step into my life. And talk about balance and him saying hey look if you're gonna work if there is a there is a pull on you and you have and you need to get some things done and it goes till five and it's 30 minutes after you said you were gonna be done well maybe the next morning instead of hopping on things at eight you wait till 8 30 and you spend that 30 minutes connecting with your wife or reading a book you want to read or and having healthy balance in that because there's seasons of life like for you, you're in a season of life where between school and work and family, there's a lot of balancing. There's a lot of juggling hats. And I know for me as I'm juggling a lot of hats, I miss. There's some days I miss. I miss on having space emotionally, mentally, uh, physically available uh, to connect with my wife. And on those days that I miss that, I make a, I double down on the fact that I'm not going to miss that tomorrow. In fact, that's going to be my, my priority. And, and if having healthy balance, and yes, boundaries, absolutely needs to be boundaries. Um, but maybe shifting, I've shifted more my perspective to be towards balance and having a balanced life than having a bunch of hard lines, places that I keep on stepping over and then I just keep getting frustrated right. and upset at myself. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome that you're, you have awareness of this and you're hungry to learn more and get better because as you evolve in life and you grow, you know, even if you end up staying within the church, you you know, Mm -hmm. you you could be thrust into a role where you're, you have people that are reporting to you and having this life experience on, you know, on your shoulders Mm -hmm. is, it it helps when you have to lead people. Because I just inherited, um, I just transitioned within my company. <laughs> yes, you were. And I'm in charge of the West Coast, and so I have all these individuals now that work for me, and I'm getting to know them. And, you know, it's only been two weeks, but, you know, I had a, I had to call one of them today because she feels like she needs to work all day today. Mm-hmm. And I called her up, and I'm like, Kimberly. Shut it down. Take the day off. It's not gonna. It's not gonna matter. Yeah. It's still gonna be there on Monday, even if you work all day today. And she's like, "Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to." Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess my point is, is that it's it's nice that investing in yourself. Right. It, it, it's forever, and it just amen to that. It's, and it's gonna bless other people. Oh, man. And um, yeah, and how powerful it is for. Uh, if, someone that you are leading 
um, to hear that from the person that's leading you or you know whoever's out there if if, if your boss or supervisor or parent or you know comes and says hey no no, no that's not worth your time right now right uh, take the day off right. take some space yeah and that and that's in the in you know for me I have a, a team that I inherited and I'm trying to change the culture well there's really was no culture in the west and so I'm trying to create a culture there we go and balance is part of that there's a podcast topic let's talk about creating culture not right. today Right. No. And I mean, I have, uh, I have um, an entire plan laid out and, and I've let the team know. And it starts with, you know, we have a mission statement and it's about um, strong relationships and a clear connection or excuse me, clear communication mm-hmm. and connection. So strong relationships, clear communication and connection amongst all of us. And I said, you can view me as your leader, but that's not how I want to be viewed. I want all of you to be leaders yeah. of this region. I want to walk alongside yeah. you, create not owners. in front of you. And so it's a culture that I'm gonna, I'm going to try to create, and they're excited, and I'm excited. So, yeah, that's. I'm excited to talk about creating culture, because that actually might be one that people uh, take some nuggets from. <laughs> um, and, well, just you know, it's not easy. No, hard, because, hardest thing. Because there's always going to be one or two that are going to buck. Yep. And, and I think I'm already seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, but it's sad, but it's really simple for me. It's like, this is what we want as a region. Mm-hmm. And so you can jump on the bus or you can sharpen the resume. Yeah. And it's not like, that's not being said to be harsh. It's being said because we want synergy. Yep. We want to be a family. Yep. We want to help each other. If you want to be a lone wolf, there's lots of opportunities around the West Coast where you can be a lone wolf, just not here. Yeah, culture is one of the hardest things to create and even harder to maintain. It is. And carry forward and not allow it to fall apart. Um, And the crazy thing about culture, this will be like the last thing I say about it because we could talk about it for a long time. It, It is, it's a byproduct which makes it so challenging to create because you never ever pursue it, but it is, it's, it's a lag. It's a, it's a byproduct of the investment into those lead measures, into the values like you talked about. Uh, it's an investment into those things. And the, the hope and the plan is that the byproduct creates this type of culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and all and the other thing that's extremely challenging is when you're trying to create culture with people that you inherited versus mm-hmm. people you hired. Like turning that Titanic. Because right now I'm interviewing to fill a role in the Northwest, and you know I have I'm probably 20 people in, mm-hmm. and some of these people I've talked to them twice, and I I always try to do one hour conversations, so it's it's a lot of time, but they want to be part of the culture right right out of the gate yeah versus they are in the role and i'm trying to bring the culture in so yeah that's good and that actually brings things full circle back to where we started with all this of how can our hindsight as as leaders of as people how can our hindsight be somebody else's foresight 
Uh, and I want to challenge all of you today to to take a moment and think of who uh, who is someone that I could connect with and and get some hindsight from so I can get some foresight for myself. And then to flip it and ask the question of, well, maybe is there somebody out there that I could give my own personal hindsight on my own experiences and it be applicable to them and then receive it and it be their foresight as they move into life. Yeah, you know what? I think the easiest way to, to do that is to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, like Caleb could be a mentor. Tommy oh, could yeah. be a mentor. It doesn't matter if you're 14, no. 15, 20, 50, yep. 100. You can be a mentor. mentor. And I mentor some people now, and it is, they give me just as much as I give them. Mm-hmm. And it's so rewarding. Yep. And it's so much fun. I have one I'm mentoring, and she's um, interviewing for a promotion, and I've just been building her up, building her mm-hmm. up, building her up, and giving her strength and giving her confidence, and she got the job. And I'm so excited for you, Rebecca. Yeah. And it's um, it's a journey, mm-hmm. and it's it's a willingness to invest. Yeah, exactly. Maturity is, is not an age. No. And Jesus rallied 12 teenagers for the most part some of them were a little older and started a movement that changed the world forever absolutely and and these weren't like scholar studs no <laughs> some, some of these guys were like fishermen, fishermen and didn't know how to read and dirty rotten tax collectors that nobody liked right i mean these weren't the mm. cream of the crop they were far from yeah the cream of the crop Absolutely. Um, maturity is not an age. And with enough humility, we can learn from anybody. Yes. And Tommy, Caleb, I love you guys and I learned from you. Oh. I, I appreciate your insight and your stories and your experiences in life. They make me a better person. Yeah. No, I, I, when I see these young kids like from FCA, it gives me hope for mm. the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. The COVID generation. The co- <laughs> the, all of the COVID babies yeah. coming out of this generation. But Well, thank you all for taking the time to listen to Dudes in a Mic podcast 004. We want to, or quattro. See, si, Uh We want to invite you, though, to uh, send us an email. And comment on this podcast. Like, share. Um, we are uh, in the early stages of this and we cannot get this plane off the runway without you. So please take a moment, share, like, comment. If you have questions, uh, please email us at info at dudesandamike.com. Again, info at dudesandamike.com. We'd love to connect. We'd love to answer questions on these podcasts as well. Um, yeah, Rob, anything you'd like to say? Um, check out our website. Yes. Dudesinamike.com. Let us know your thoughts on our color scheme. <laughs> we put a lot of work into this. Um, actually, I think Mitchell sent me three colors, and I said yes to all of them. So <laughs> email us. Tell us that you guys hit pay dirt. Good job. Yeah. Nailed it. Have an amazing rest of your days. And we will talk to you soon. Yes, God bless.